0: Thank you, Naomi, for ministering in music. Let's pray together. Father, as we reflect briefly on a few passages and then seek to be reminded and encouraged as we consider some applications to our lives, we want to be sensitive to you. We want to be doers of your word. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. Here I have some blocks stacked, and I'm offering $50, there's a $50 bill, to someone that will do what I request, following the instructions that I give. You're to take each of these blocks, four in the bottom, then three, then two, and then one, stack them in the water. One, you can only use one hand. You stack them in the water, and they must appear as they are on the table at this time. They must remain stable while they're in the water. If you can do it, Micah, $50. <clears throat> I think you're in trouble, aren't you, Micah? <laughs> you want to give up? Okay, thanks, Micah. I'll give you something later. <laughs> it's impossible. Why? Because. The blocks have a firm foundation where they are. But in the water, they don't have a firm foundation. I'll be offering a little less later to do something because I know you can do it. (laughs) I'm not ready to part with $50, I guess. But think about the blocks and there's nothing magical about the numbers. I don't have a reason for picking 10 of them. But imagine the blocks that are ministries that we have to children, whether it be in our own local church or throughout our country, other local churches, Sunday school, and, attends, and there's a host of parachurch ministries that are available. And you try to place them on a non-firm foundation and water, and basically those ministries just go all over the place not having nearly the impact or consequence that we might desire. But if you take those same blocks and place them in the correct foundation, they will have a much, much greater impact. And as we re- consider just a couple passages and then think some practically in light of a starting, teen starting, want to be reminded of What God emphasizes in Scripture, but a couple questions. What do we desire for our children to be? What do we desire for our children to be when they are in their teens, in their 20s, or 30s, or 40s, or 50s? Because children do not stop being children. I'm still a child. Even though I'm in my 60s. What do we desire for our children to be? I didn't say do. I said be. When they're in their teens. Or in their 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s. Then a follow up question. What specific. Consistent. Long term action. Are we taking. For this to be a reality. My parents and my parents' parents had some desires for what their children would be as they get older. For my siblings and I, Ruthann's parents, parents have some desires of what they would like their children to be. But that requires some type of action. Are we consistently modeling living being what we desire our children to be. And on the lighter side, Friday, Ruth Ann and I went to see my mother, and she warned me beforehand that Carl wanted to meet us. Carl is her boyfriend. And I guess I would call it a boyfriend, man friend, whatever you want to call it. It's more than just a friend. And that reminded me of being together as a family for her 92nd birthday, I think it was, back in August. Where we started to tease her. Oh, you got a boyfriend now. You know, what's he like? You know, how are you behaving? And my brother Bob said, now, mom, you told us this. We're telling you now this. You know, it's coming home to roost with her. But my point is that mom had some desires for us kids as we were dating, what we would be in our dating relationship and ultimate marriages. Now my question to her is, Mom, are you going to be what you wanted us to be? Are you still being what you desired for us 70 years ago or 60 years ago? Are we... Body, parents, grandparents, modeling and living, being what we desire our children to be, whatever age they may be. And I understand, and Scripture makes it very clear, that whether it be a local church, whether it be parents or grandparents, that there's no need to expect perfection. We blow it. We fail. We do right. We have ups and we have downs along the way of ministries, the local church, parenting and grandparenting. But I want to look at several passages. We won't turn to Genesis 1, but we will turn to Exodus 20 in just a few moments. But in Genesis 1, we know that God said to Adam, you know, that they were to reproduce, they were to care for the earth and so on. Eve and Adam then had children. And we know that Adam and Eve, we don't know what happened. We can't say Adam and Eve failed or anything else. But we know that their son Cain killed Abel. The first parents had some sorrow and heartache. Were they faithful? The text doesn't say. But Let's turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, the children of Israel have crossed the Red Sea. They have left Egypt. They're in the desert. And we find that at Mount Sinai, God is giving what we commonly refer to as the Ten Commandments to Israel. And these commandments would have been given to parents, to grandparents, to young people, to children. And he says in verse 1 of Exodus 20, And God spoke all these words. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You should not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or in earth beneath or in the water below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Skipping down to verse 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Skipping over to Deuteronomy. The children of Israel are about to enter the promised land. In Deuteronomy 12 and verse 25, well, 24 and 25, you must not eat the blood, pour it out on the ground like water. Do not eat it, so that it may go well with you and your children after you, because you're doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord. In verse 28, be careful to obey all these requirements I'm giving you, so that it may go well with you and your children after you because you're doing what is good and right in the eyes of the Lord your God. Again, that's in the context of Moses reviewing the law with the children of Israel before they entered the promised land. In Colossians chapter 1, or chapter 3 rather, he talks to wives, he talks to husbands, he talks to fathers, and he talks to children. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul gives the qualifications of church leaders. And in that context, he deals with the being primarily of church leaders. He says, here's a trustworthy saying. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Now, the overseer must be above reproach. The husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how will he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. In light of the passages we discussed in parallel passages and our goal or purpose this morning is not to take any one particular passage but to explain in light of the passages we read and some other passages what is the correct foundation on which to build children. And again, we're not taking a particular passage, but what I share is coming from a number of passages. I think at the very bottom is church leaders. I as a pastor, elders, deacons, being men of integrity, that are seeking to be I said, seeking to be, not having arrived, but seeking to be what may be described in First Timothy chapter three: being holy from the inside out, being godly, men who love God. Secondly, I would put older saints and grandparents Say so why would you put older saints and grandparents next because a consistent pattern in scripture is older teaching younger if grandparents are impacting their children they're impacting their grandchildren and great-grandchildren It's important in a local body to have older saints Grandparents impacting younger. I was talking to someone recently, and an older person. And they said, I was telling this young person such and such. And they went on to explain what they were telling the younger person. And I didn't say it. I probably should have. I should have said, go get them again. Do it again, again, again. No, I should have because they were imparting wisdom to a younger person. Church leaders, older saints, and grandparents, and then parents, teaching, seeking to train and instruct their children day by day. The way they live, verbalizing, being able to say to their children, Follow me as I follow Christ. Do as I do. Don't merely do as I say. And again, that doesn't always happen. What would we put next? In light of the flow of Scripture, I would put children In Exodus chapter 20, Moses is probably speaking primarily to dogs, but the children would have been present. And what does he say to children? Honor, respect your parents. A child like Kelsey. Obeying her mom and dad. A child like Rachel obeying mom and dad. Parents have a responsibility, yes. But children have a responsibility also to obey their mom and dad. A parent can teach, but a child has to choose to respond. But a child also like Brenda respecting and honoring her parents. Not stopping when you turn eighteen. I've heard so often parents saying to children, Well, when you turn 18, you can do as you please. And children are thinking, well, when I turn 18, I get to do as I please. Where does Scripture say that the honor and the respect, and I realize the nature of it changes. Mom and dad don't specifically say, here's what you do, you know, and children move out on their own. But there's still the honor and respect. My mother's 92. I'm to honor her. I'm to respect her. Now she don't call me every day and say, "Dan, this is what you're supposed to do today." No, you kick them out. You let them go on their own. But that honor, honor and respect continues. It doesn't stop. So think about pastors, elders. Deacons and local churches, ministry leaders, and other ministries, being people who are committed to God, renewing their minds, thinking Scripture, reading, interacting with Scripture, and saying, I can't compromise my walk with God. Those who are committed to caring for their family. See, my caring for my family as a pastor comes before the church. Now, if I have to make a sacrifice, I should sacrifice doing something for the church to care for my family before I sacrifice my family to care for the church. Because if I don't take care of my family... Paul says, no, there will be an impact. If I can't lead my family, how can I lead the church? I'm not talking about kids and how they may respond all the time. But leaders, just being those who delight in God and striving to be faithful and can say, follow me as I follow Christ. And then older saints... Who just have a heart for God. Who have priorities set in their life. Who are willing to say no to certain items. To be with believers. To care for their family. Who are willing to be hospitable and open their homes. Even though they may not have a lot to feed. But just to be with people. And they share their knowledge. Grandparents. Sharing how to walk with God. I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again many times if the Lord tarries and he lets me continue to pastor. When you meet someone older than you, whatever your age, learn to zip the lip, ask questions, and listen. Learn. Stopping to see Stanley occasionally. And I try to do a lot of listening. I don't know if Stanley ever picks up on that or not. <laughs> but I try to ask him questions and listen. Why? He's lived longer than I have. I have something to learn from him. And I've done that with other, some of you beyond my years, and whether you know it or not, I often try to ask questions and just listen. Older people have something to impart, but you as an older person invest in younger people. It may be informally after church. It might be you invite someone to home. It might be, well, I want to be involved in Awana ministry or teen ministry just because I have something to share. I've lived, and I am living, and I want to help others to walk with God. But parents, one of the blessings in our church so we have a wealth of wisdom. Those of you who are raising your children, they're still at home. Talk to older people. Ask questions. But those of you who are chasing your kids out or are in the process of chasing them out, they're going out to establish their own homes, or they're even a little further along, ask someone older, how do I parent, adopt children? When they do what I don't think they should do, how should I respond? That's parents learning from those older, but yet striving to be faithful parents. And as parents, don't be afraid to be a parent. You're the parent. The children are not the parents. And that means sometimes you say yes, you say no, and you say here's our priorities, here's the way we're going to live. And you're not going to be involved in that. You're not going here, you're not going there. Or you're going to be home by this time because we want to take some time to read the Bible and we want to pray together. Just being a parent. I say to you fathers, Not limiting to fathers, to grandfathers. Pray with your children and your grandchildren. With them, for them. And for you mothers, pray with your children and your grandchildren. And I know we guys sometimes and we ladies find it difficult. But pray together for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren if the Lord gives you some of them. Pray together. Who has the greatest concern for your children or your grandchildren? You do. Pray together. You say it's hard. I'm not debating that. Pray together. Maybe get together with some other people and pray for your children and your grandchildren together. So you have two or three parents, maybe two or three couples, or maybe there's some single parents and some two-parent families that Three or four of you get together, or five or six of you get together and just say, We're going to pray for our kids where they're at. They may be responsive, they may not be as responsive, but you're still praying together for them. For God's glory, for God to work in your life, but also your children's life. See, the issue is not necessarily what happens with our children, but are we being faithful? Part of being faithful, I think, is for parents to pray. Grandparents getting together to pray for their grandchildren, their children. So Wednesday night, the second, second Wednesday of each month this year, we want to take time to pray for parents with parents, children or uh, grandparents to pray. It's not that you have to pray out loud if you come Wednesday night, but to pray, to be together. As you look at Scripture, there's something about people coming together in the body of Christ, and we discussed the body last week, to pray that has an impact. Just to pray. But also teaching Scripture formally and informally. And then kids come along. And sometimes kids will say, well, my mom and dad don't do this or they didn't do this. They didn't teach me the way I wanted or the way I should have been taught and so on. For those of you who are younger that are here this morning, you have one primary responsibility at this point in life to obey and respect and honor mom and dad. If you take care of that, A lot of other things will fall into place later on in life. That's your responsibility, if you're still living at home, obey mom and dad, respect, honor them. It makes a difference when you get into your 20s, you get into your 30s and 40s. I'm experiencing the consequences of how I responded to mom and dad when I was living under their roof as a 66-year-old person. It doesn't stop when you turn 18. Well, I'm 18 now. I can go and do as I please. You'll reap that. But those of you who have parents living and they are, you're not at home, you know, you've left the nest, so to speak. You're on your own. You may have children of your own. You may even have grandchildren of your own. Still honor and respect your parents. Because you're laying groundwork for your children and their children. Does obedience guarantee certain results? That's not the issue this morning. We're not saying, God, we can back God into a corner if we do certain things, and God's got to respond in a certain way. We're encouraging us to think God's pattern and focus on our responsibility to be faithful And not demanding a certain result, but to be faithful. Those of you who are over 70, do me a favor. Will you raise your hand? You're over 70, raise your hand. Okay, thank you. Now, next question. Those of you who raised your hand earlier, you're over 70, and as you were parenting your children, you made at least one mistake in parenting your children when you raised your hand. You know, you made at least one mistake. You blew it in some way, shape, or form, you know, along the way. No, most hands go up again. Please understand that we live in a broken world and the goal is not to be a perfect parent. Seek to be faithful. Learn from those who are older but still let responsibility rest in our children to choose as to how they respond. So those of you over 70, sorry for putting you in the spot and at least giving something of your age, have much to impart to younger people. I wouldn't do this, but I would do this. Here's where I blew it, and here's where I did well. That's part of the beauty of the body. We care for one another. We impact one another. So who is responsible for offspring? Church leaders, older saints, grandparents, parents, and parents have a primary responsibility and children, but if i 'm the perfect parent, then my children will always turn out right. we won't pursue this this morning i don 't necessarily plan to pursue it any anytime in the near future. Did God always respond correctly to Adam and Eve? I think we can say he did. What happened with Adam and Eve? So beware not to measure yourself in light of your child's response. Whatever age he or she may be. But to take care of where you are and being faithful. And if the Lord convicts and deals with you, then be willing to respond accordingly the way we do teach and train our children does make a difference whether it be leaders or older saints impacting grandparents or parents but children at the same time have a responsibility to respond so Micah if you want to come up here again this is not worth $50, sorry. I'm just not ready to part with that much. <laughs> but if you want to take these blocks and stack them on this pile of papers, you can. Thank you, Micah. $2 there, Micah. <laughs> I wasn't ready to part with 50 again. My primary point this morning is we can do awana. We can do teens. We may have a host of programs in our country for children and teens, and they may be good, and in no way, shape, or form am I knocking them. As we do that, we need to keep in focus. Church leaders, grandparents and older saints, parents and children, they all have a responsibility. to respond to God. If we neglect church leaders, older saints and grandparents and parents and children, then we're trying to stack blocks and build a wall and water and there's no way you're going to get those blocks to stand as they are there. That does not mean each of these items of church leaders and grandparents and older saints and parents and children have arrived and are perfect and doing everything right. But seeking to be going the correct direction makes a world of difference. And as we pray, then keep in mind that the enemy and the world system would do everything under the sun to attack church leaders, older saints and grandparents and parents and children to distort God's design. So it's not necessarily that we have one and not the other. My encouragement is, as we focus on children and teens, we want to focus equally on parents and grandparents, older saints, and being concerned about church leaders. Because if the enemy gets a church leader or church leaders he's got parents older saints grandparents children whatever age they may be building as God designed for his glory We will be seeking to encourage this throughout the school year. And one of the ways is to pray together Wednesday nights, second Wednesday night. And to encourage parents and grandparents, along with older saints, a second Wednesday night. To bless you, to pray with you, to pray for you. Because that is vital. And then some other things along the way to encourage older saints. It's not one or the other. It's seeking to be wise. If we're going to emphasize children, we're going to emphasize teens. We also want to emphasize older saints. Grandparents, along with parents. Let's pray together. Father, Sometimes we wish we live in a world where we could do one, two, and three, and then certain things happen automatically. As we look at Scripture when it comes to the issue of future generations, you talk about leaders, talk about older saints and grandparents and parents and children, each having a responsibility but we can't put you in a box and say if we do one, two, three then certain things are guaranteed to happen we know we live in a broken fallen world Father and we're tempted many times to want to make things cut and dry but there's a tension Father of leaders seeking to lead older saints and grandparents seeking to lead and guide younger and parents seeking to teach and train and children to obey. But the tension is, Father, that there's no guarantees in the sense that if children obey, then parents are going to respond correctly or if parents teach Correctly, then children are going to always respond correctly. We know that you do speak of the uh, fact that as leaders and older saints and grandparents and parents are seeking to respond correctly, that it does impact future generations in a positive way. But yet those generations also have to make choices. As a body of believers, Father... I pray concerning myself and Travis and Scott and Danny and Alan and Josh and Jason that we as leaders might continue to pursue being faithful to you. We might be seeking to be godly men. We might seek to be godly husbands and fathers and in our respective jobs, seeking to please you and honor you. I pray, Father, for older saints and grandparents. That they might seek to love you and to walk with you. <clears throat> if they get off track, you'll bring them back on target. And I know sometimes... <clears throat> As we get older, we feel that it's harder to interact with younger people. It just seems to be different pages in some ways. And when we think of various ways you could be on different pages, may older people be willing to still invest in younger people and know that that has happened time and time again in our church. We would desire that that would continue. Father, I pray for parents. <clears throat> As they seek to interact with children, if the children are living at home, or if the children are older, may they have wisdom and understanding to teach, to instruct, to bring up children and the nurture and admonition of the Lord as they get older to warn and guide, but at the same time, not trying to force. And Father, sometimes as parents, we are frustrated because Why aren't my kids responding the way I want? Or other times we're joyful because they're responding in a more godly way. May we come back again, Father, to where we are in the parenting process to ask the simple question. Are we being faithful in the present? Not to dwell on the past. Not to try to dig up how well we did or how poorly we did but to respond in a godly way in the present. I pray for children, those that are still living in our home that are represented in our church, that they will be seeking to obey and honor and respect mom and dad. And those that are older have left home, still have parents living, there still might be the pursuit of honor and respect, Father. And we desire all of this, Father, for your glory. We desire your work among us as we seek to minister to children and teens through Awana, through a teen ministry, but at the same time, father, placing perhaps a greater emphasis than in the past on older saints and grandparents and parents seeking to encourage and guide and pray with them again for your glory. Father, we love you. We want to be faithful. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.